Hey everybody, I'm Farhan Galani. I'm Jimmy Deep. And I'm Brad Churchwell. The other thing is, I mean, when when you when you're trying to remember something that far back, uh, I think you always add a little bit of. There's a saying. There's a saying in in um, uh, Vietnamese. There's a Vietnamese saying out there that basically, when somebody tells a story and they add a little bit of salt, they add a little bit of pepper to it. You know, that's a direct translation. Oh, hey, how did you like that announcement, by the way? You should get in here. Yeah, it was good, man. It took me like like 100 <laughs> tries. I'm not even joking. That shit took me three hours. <laughs> no, man, I liked it. It, it, was, it was nice. I, I appreciated it. And uh, it was just kind of uh, – it was, it was funny watching because it was kind of like you were building up to something. It's going to be a good announcement or – what are we? What, what's he gonna say? Because you kind of built up to it, and then yeah. Oh, you had no idea it. where I was going with that one. What's that? You had no idea where I was going with that. Nobody usually does. Are we recording yeah. right now? Yeah. Okay. Are we what? Recording? Yeah. Yeah, I just let it rip. So do we? Do we do our intro uh, every time? No, I already have it. Oh, okay. So the announcement was good. I thought it was. Oh yeah, that announcement. It worked out okay. Worked out okay. Yeah, I liked it. You know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was. People, uh, people had really good feedback. I think a lot of people understood too. Felt good, man. You know, felt like yeah, it's it's time to to tell everybody and and uh, yeah, man, the the support from the office was really nice for sure, man. Yeah, like even Spencer whatnot. Like, did you get any uh, individual messages? Yeah, I got a few calls and a few individual text messages, that kind of thing. So that's all cool. Like, uh, yeah, I mean. Did anybody say, what the fuck are you doing, Brad? Yeah, a couple of agents are all like, well, my days are numbered here. But <laughs> 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 no, overall, it was, it was nice. And it was kind of, I don't want to say that's what I was expecting because, like, I'm the shit. But more, that's what I expected because I'm, uh, because of, how I perceive the office and the agents. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See how I threw that in there? See what I did there? You did. You yeah. did. That's good. Now we can talk about perception. We've been doing this stuff for, this is our third episode now, right? And the first episode, we were all like, oh, man. Well, I thought I sounded funny. You know, I thought that uh, when you always hear, when you hear yourself back on audio or video, you're always like, do I really sound, sound like, like that? that? Do I sound like this? Like, why do I sound like this? <laughs> but I actually feel like I'm getting worse. <laughs> like after, like each time seeing the videos or hearing myself back, I'm like, how's it going backwards? And there's a reason to why I want to watch these and hear hear it back because. That's the whole thing that I, when I see these clips and I'm just like, I'm like, really? That's, that's my own perception is like, yeah. <clears throat> again, like it goes back to like protecting myself from myself. So when I hear it and my perception of hearing those, hearing it back, I'm like, the other person's going to think 10 times what I'm actually feeling. Yeah. So that 
But but the reality is it's the opposite of that. But maybe you sound exactly like how I don't know. I don't know where I heard this from, but I saw it on a video somewhere on YouTube. Like you sound exactly like how other people see you, and have always heard, and it's always have heard you that way. That I mean, like that is you just because you hear hear yourself back. um, It's that is you, and Mm so I don't know. I I found that kind of interesting. To yeah, the the reality is is that you. The only thing that's different is how you hear yourself on a daily basis, right? Like internally, and when I, it's the same thing. I think everybody feels that way when you talk. It's like, man, I sound, I sound terrible, and you know, you pick apart these little things that, that first of all, that's how people hear and see you, and you're just kind of you're like the new person looking at it at yourself because you don't often get a chance to hear yourself recorded or see yourself in a video so you're you're the one that's new to what everybody's seeing everybody else is that's just that's just that's far man. that's just you so hearing like throughout the years or whatnot and how people perceive me and now this is like basically the first time when i'm able to hear myself now it starts making sense why I'm perceived a certain way, but I personally don't like it. You wait. You wait <laughs> Actually. Until, you wait until you watch back that raw footage I just downloaded for you. So that's the whole thing. Like that's now so. now like that. So what I was saying when I was sitting there, in comparison to what I heard when I was listening back, uh, it just like I was like. Like where there's there's no real substance, and then it goes back to do I have the verbiage to um, articulate my thoughts correctly, and that's what I'm learning from it is like that's exactly how I just said is like that's the stuff that I'm listening to, and I'm like that doesn't make any sense. Like what Mm. is is like? So that whole Mm. that, that that's what I'm trying to learn from watching it back is like how do you articulate your thoughts properly well that's the same thing when i uh when i finished editing brad's uh video or when i was watching through it i mentioned i said well man yours is yours is amazing it was good and um when i look at it and when i edit the thing and i go through it i said you know what you you speak clearly uh your voice is clear you sound like exactly how you've always sounded and I thought it was it turned out really well I didn't notice the things that you notice about yeah. your own video and but when I went through my own video and when I edited um, I said man I say um, I say stuff like that that stuff, stuff like that, like that <laughs> a lot and yeah I what still the hell even, does that even mean even after you said that though I still because I'm like oh okay I'll watch for that and I still didn't really notice I think I noticed it like once or twice but it made sense when you said it we always say, when you record sometimes, we always kind of laugh and we're like, fucking Jimmy, hey? It's like he's got a script without a script, hey? just I feel he's memorizing it. Yeah, and it's just, just like smooth. Pretending that he's not yeah. basically <laughs> on no, point that, with it. That fucking video took me forever. Even though I knew what I was going to say, I always have a rough idea of, all right, I'm going to talk about this and then I'm going to lead into this and then 
you know, this is this is where what the what the point I'm trying to make is, and but in all of that, I couldn't um, I I couldn't do it smoothly enough where I actually ended up having to do a script like I actually had to jot out the script as to okay I want to talk about this and then I want to talk about this and then I want to talk about this. That was the only way that I got through that video announcement in one take. Um, halfway through, I tried to actually piecemeal other like pieces together. And it was so choppy that I was like, it just, the genuineness wasn't even there anymore. So uh, I went back to the drawing boards and uh, yeah, that took me a bit, but I think it turned out all right. Yeah, no, it was good. And I guess that's that's the the takeaway that I see from all this as we're kind of new to doing this on a more regular basis is that I'm trying to just let go of the little things that I noticed like that you sent the raw footage of our our video shoot from last week and like you just finished saying oh it was really good your your you know what you said was it, your voice was clear and but when I watched it it was a bunch of it was choppy because it was totally different than how I planned on going in there and saying all these things and then I'm like ah oh, man I missed all this part and I sound like an idiot here and you know, my shirt's wrinkly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the little things. It's like you always perceive yourself so differently than than how others do, right? Like the reason why I said, "Oh, you like far and wait until you watch back your your footage," is because um, I don't think that from from what you said at the beginning, I don't think that you realize. Um, I don't think you realize how. It comes off. I just touched the the, yeah. uh, the cord, yeah. but um, is because there, in yours there's a distinct there's a distinct separation. Is because we did the interview and it was a very um, it was a very structured thing where you were trying to figure out your thoughts. You were talking and you're like, okay, what am I going to talk about next? And you you can you can see that process go through, but we stopped that about you know maybe three quarters way through and then we just had a conversation and we let that continue to roll and we pulled some pieces from that that you can actually see two Mm -hmm. very different totally um, totally different energy like you're the first part there's you definitely said some good things in that first part and there's stuff that we could use from it but to me at the when you didn't realize the cameras were rolling and we were just talking and then you were just kind of going off and and just speaking from the heart and talking about all the stuff that we're trying to capture on film but even in, even in a setting where we're just trying to make it casual just I think because we all know the cameras are rolling it's it's not totally ourselves but those moments that like that last five minutes where you're just yeah maybe your arms are pointed here and there a little bit more but like that to me like that had a real like a totally different energy to it and it felt that has a rawness like that was fg that's 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 fg we know like the only the only thing is like um say like in the 10 years of partnership uh learning each other it's easily it's easy i'm able to easily communicate and Jimmy will understand, let's say. But when we're talking, 
in this manner and when I hear it back, whether it was raw or not, the perception is still not, it just doesn't, it's still to me, I, to me it doesn't make sense because there's a certain verbiage that I'm using that there's no real substance other than what I feel. It's because you put your, so you, I you can't, know you have to put some sort of filter on it because we're putting it out there. But there's something, like even though when I was being raw, there was a factor that the, what, what I'm perceiving, what I'm seeing is there's a, there's no substance based on, again, it goes back to articulating your actual thoughts and emotions. And it's not able to be made. I don't know. That's how I'm, that's how I'm seeing it. So it's very, when I hear it, it's very difficult to um, be like, hey, that was a good one. Yeah, to like kind of get over those. And, that, and, and that's kind of maybe the overall point here is that each one of us is judging and more critical of our own clips and, and our own, you know, whether it's video or, or audio like this, we're when it comes to kind of looking at everything, I think we're all favorable and saying like, yeah, man, that was really good. Or, you know, you sounded real and raw, but like I have a problem with my stuff and we all, that's kind of all of us. We all kind of have the biggest problem with our own finished product when we do these. And that's maybe the point is that we have to find a way. And I think there's, this ties back into, to, you know, our industry and, and agents as we try to, you know, move into an era where, you know, maybe forced now because of what's going on, but really video, like more and more agents are doing stuff on video and the, the barrier that holds most agents back is they don't feel comfortable with it. And I, the reason they don't feel comfortable with it is for all the reasons that we're talking about today when mm -hmm. we're very self-critical so I mean, that's the lesson is trying to get past that and just being okay with it because nobody's going to be as critical and judge it as harshly as, as each person judges, them, judges themselves. I never thought I'd ever say this, but I've never felt less of a celebrity <laughs> <laughs> than now. <laughs> the, the, the path to celebrity is not an easy one. And, uh, it's not a linear path. Yeah, there, maybe, right? maybe you start by going down into a bit of a valley before you climb the, the mountain. That makes sense. But this is the interest. But uh, so you guys, we record this and then I do the editing, right? And so for me, when I first started watching or first started editing my clips, my own my own clips. When I was doing your guys's, it was all it was all good. I'm like, yeah, you know, this looks this looks good. The lighting's great. Yeah, he's saying some really good stuff here. And then when I started editing myself at the very beginning, I found um, my thought was like, ah, oh, shit. You know, you got a double chin shit going on. Ah, oh, the lighting could have been a little bit better. Oh, you could have said this a little bit better. But um, after because you got to watch that over and over and over again. You're moving clips and you're cutting, you're cutting things, and it, you know, you're for hours. You're sitting there and you're watching this, these videos play back, play back. And I have found over the last like week or so, the more I've watched it and the more that I've seen it, the more comfortable um, I was with that with that clip. And and the original thoughts that I've had, I 
I was able to accept that and really not see that as a as an issue anymore going forward. Um, so I think that as you see yourself more, I think that perception also changes. Yeah, you get more comfortable and more, more used comfortable. to it. That becomes more the norm. You start seeing it in the way that everybody has always seen you. Right. And I wonder when I wonder if that actually ever goes away. You know what I mean? So I heard. Uh, um, I was listening to a couple podcasts. I think it was um, I was listening to uh, Howard Stern on uh, Conan, and I, I told you about this. And he said um, in one of the clips, they say that uh, Howard Stern never watches back his own thing. So he'll record an episode, or he'll he'll record something, and he'll never watch it back. And I thought, hey, that's that's not a bad thing because they understand that they're gonna pick at something mm-hmm. so they just never ever watch it back and when they've done it they, they do it and and that's actually happened I think with the the first and the second podcast I actually never listened to re-listened to the whole thing once it was fully, finished once it was finished once it was because I I when I was putting it together I heard as it was moving along when it was done I, I knew what we were talking about I knew what the conversation was I've heard bits and pieces of it um, but I never sat down to listen to the whole thing again, and I don't know why that is. Um, but you, but you, you listened it back. You listened back on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting, and, and you know, you hear that all the time. You know, the celebrities in movies. You know, some of them don't watch, don't ever watch the movie that they, which seems bizarre. That would be really bizarre to me. Yeah, that'd like, be weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, I want to just quickly, because um, we're talking perception, in the video, in your interview, um, and then we can even delete this part. Uh, like this, is, this is just conversation, actually. But you don't need to say that every time. You know that. No, because <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, uh, when you uh, are explaining uh, digital signatures and whatnot with Western Canada and whatnot. Yeah. And Jessica's just like not a part of that at all. Yeah. That whole perception, um, should she be a part of that? Because that was her, well, that was kind of like where we, like we came into iRealty and that was the vision she kind of was at. And then we came in and just said, Fuck it, we're going back to traditional, but we're gonna implement some of these tools well, that she like believed in to a certain extent. I know, um, I know what you're saying, uh, but that idea of technology-driven, um, that idea of technology driving uh, the brokerage and what it was about, it was, it was born out of two separate ideas. Jessica had it already implemented and she was pushing on it we didn't even know about that we believed in the same ideas and the same practice and the same um, outlook on where the industry was going and along the way we merged to come to a common ground of like hey you're doing this too this is what we're thinking Um, full credit given to, to Jessica absolutely uh for having um for having that and i think but 
I think one of the challenges that I see when I talk back and tell that story is that the decisions that we made to move offices and um, and um, find that office and the direction of the brokerage was we at 80 percent uh, ownership at that time we decided on those things we we decided on those things and and we ran it by Jessica uh, because I think that because of course it's necessary but um, I get you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not discrediting anything of that sort. Shout out to Jessica. Yeah, shout out to Jessica. But at the same time, it's um, the things I, I truly feel that the things that we were putting in place and the things that we were doing was driven by... I get the business by, aspect, of course, by 100%. what we were doing. Um, Jessica did do some of those uh, seminars. She did. She did a lot of Twitter seminars. She did uh, um, mm-hmm. the uh, digital signatures on iPads. She did an iPad seminar. Um, the social media. I remember when we were talking about. Um, uh, f- uh, we were talking about Foursquares. We were talking about uh, Pinterest, Instagram. You know, I remember me doing that. So when I talk back on it, it's like it's really hard to give credit where. All yeah, because it was at that time it was a shared vision, and then you guys went mm-hmm. different directions. But it was all a shared brokerage, right. realty vision. Mm-hmm. That's right. So now I, I get it. So I mean, shout out to Jessica for sure for being with us <laughs> along the way. Yeah. But then that ended in what two thousand and twelve. Twelve was it? Twelve. Wow. I think it was twelve. That was. Yeah. yeah, because when I came in 2011, she was still there, and I went to a couple office workshop-type meetings on various social um, social media-type platforms that were new, Pinterest mm-hmm. being one of them. And Jessica was definitely part of those workshops. Um, if I recall correctly, it was kind of a combination effort uh, from from you guys and right. and Jessica. So, yeah, it's not like... I mean, I, I I know the story in the background, and when Jimmy's telling the story, it's not like, that motherfucker's stealing Jessica's story. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's not. It was... It's, but when, you, when, you, when he's telling that story back, it's kind of hard, like, to... Okay, we got to back it up and break this part down, because it's still, like... It was still a shared vision at that. I remember that when point. Jimmy Jimmy was in Vietnam when the negotiation with Jessica <laughs> happened <laughs> to be like, mm, I guess we're gonna be fifty fifty, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the other thing is, I mean, when when you when you're trying to remember something that far back, uh, I think you always add a little bit of. There's a saying. There's a saying in in. Um, uh, Vietnamese, there's a Vietnamese saying out there that basically when somebody tells a story and they add a little bit of salt, they add a little bit of pepper to it, you know. That's a direct translation. Yeah, yeah. And so I find a lot, I find I think it's human nature that sometimes when you retell that story, you tell it in a, such a sexy way that you play it out mm-hmm. in your mind as to how that, that actually happened. And, and it didn't. And here's an example of one. I recently, you know, we keep on telling the story about how, um, uh, how we bought the office, and then there were zero. There were zero agents left. I think I mentioned that like multiple, multiple times in in my rendition of of telling that story. But 
Eamon, uh, the last time I, I, I told it, he was in his very polite, political, like nice way, he sent me an email and he said, hey Jimmy, um, that's fantastic. And he congratulated us on whatever it was. And then he said, and he retold his account of that story and he remembered it to a, a T. He said, um, there were two agents there and I, I had joined with Heather. So it was Eamon, we, we had two agents, it was Jonathan uh, and Tanya. And then Eamon joined, and then Heather Hammond joined, and then Jonathan and uh, Tanya had left. So we actually were at no point at zero agents. But in my mind, when I play mm-hmm. that back, mm-hmm. it was always... Oh, it was just me and Farhan sitting there. Well, that's and, not true. And it kind of makes the story better when it's like, we were just the two of us. That, that's the salt and, and pepper. And, yeah, yeah. That's the exactly. salt and pepper. <laughs> and we've actually repeated it so many times. That's but, become your reality. reality. But, but life is like uh, the telephone conversation game. Yeah. Like, right. so all of a sudden, by the end of the line, the message that started never that's happened. Right. That's right. And that's exactly, you keep telling the story and going back to his salt and pepper that's exactly what's happening and your story year after year the story that we tell today the interview that we did or recorded 10 years down that's a whole different story and it's just going to continue because as soon as you came into the picture that beginning will start changing we always wanted to get another right fit And all of a sudden, that became part of the beginning, which transitions into, like, a whole different fairy tale. Yeah, it'll be interesting to... But now we have that on record. Now we have that interview on record, and we have what we said on record. So maybe that won't change a little bit. But, you know, and then... Cement it. Yeah. Oh, I've got a bunch of shit to stay still. And and I had to apologize to Eamon for that. I was like, shit, Eamon, thank you for reminding me of that, because... Literally, that is the story that was perceived uh, this many years down the road. And, and I may, maybe it was just bit by bit that, like, we just kept on telling that story. And then every time you retold that story, maybe something, a, a, li- a little bit of something changed, a little bit of something changed. And I think that happens a lot. So, um, But watching everything back, I could say that that, Everything else in that story is actually true. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and people do that all the time. And I, I have a similar example, and I tell this story often. So you guys know I have, I have three kids, and there's a bit of a gap between Charlie and Molly and our, our youngest, Abigail. Yeah. We just had a birthday yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Abigail. And shout Happy out birthday, to Ray, Abigail. Day before. Happy oh, yeah, birthday, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, their birthday, birthday is just one day frozen, apart. Frozen 2. You didn't send us a picture. Oh, I, I'll be. Pull, I'll, I'll this is so. this is go. fantastic. We can share birthday decorations now. Every yeah, yeah. Year. There you go. It's um, gonna be amazing. So anyway, I I often tell a story because there's that age diff age gap, and Bridge and I aren't super young to you know when we we weren't super young when we had Abigail. So people made the assumption that well maybe that was an accident. Maybe I have a little Abigail. What do you cons- What do you consider super young? Well, we. Bridget was 40. Yeah, yeah. When, that's okay. She don't care. She doesn't care. Uh, she, she, was, she was 40 when uh, she had, was pregnant with Abigail. Um, and 
I tell this story and I've told it a, a ton of times and in my mind it's exactly how it happened and I would say that you know we talked about Maybe, you know, it was always, we're gonna have two, we had two, we were content, two, boy and a girl and a dog, like we're, we're you know, hashtag blessed, whatever. Um, then it started kinda, yeah, you know, maybe. And, and this part of the story is true, I remember because she was pushing me to go and, and, you know, visit the doctor to make it official. And- uh, Are they a little snip snip? Yeah, a little snip snips, uh, which I'm still working on. COVID, COVID put a stop to that. Oh, you did? No, I still haven't done it. I, I thought... We've been talking we, about this for months, eh? Right? Yeah. But actually, Bridget and I have been talking about it for years. That's interesting. When I'm ready, I'll go. So, you know... You know what's uh, going to happen when you get a fourth? Because my, my, yeah. my friend... Yeah. Same scenario. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I really was... I thought you had an go. appointment. Well, I had a consultation appointment. But I got, <laughs> I got busy. It's a whole thing. That's right. Uh, we talked about this. I was actually right. thinking was about this just like fall. last month. And I was like... Oh yeah, just random thoughts, yeah. and I'm like, sun shining. I was like, weird thoughts, but uh, yeah. why? Why would I think about that? I'm like, oh yeah, Brad got snip. He can't have no more fucking yeah. children. <laughs> but I guess not. <laughs> yeah. So a anyway, I, I tell this story a lot that, you know, we were. I I had made a call. This was you know five years ago, and I had made a call and was gonna get it done. And I was talking to five years ago. Yeah, before Abigail, we had. It, that's the. That's when you guys started talking about that because we knew we were at that point. We were. You were content. content. You were we good. have everything we want. Let's not be greedy. We got healthy kids. You know, time to time to put a focus back on on you know getting back to work and raising raising our family. And uh, there was a little bit of a pause, and I always tell the story like, and in my mind, it's this is what happened, where I it's like you know hey I. Got the appointment, I'm gonna go meet and have the consultation, so, you know, it's happening, so if you've got something to say, say say it now, and there was that, well, you know, uh, and I always, I always tell the story, it was like, Bridget was like, well, and then, uh, and then we thought about it, and in my mind, it was always, Bridget said to me, put it to you this way, Charlie's six at the time, he was six, and, if everything goes as planned and he, uh, you know, finishes high school and goes, happens to go away to university or whatever at 18, that means he's a third of the way done at home. And that, like, again, in my mind, that to me, that moment s just sunk in, like, holy shit, and you know, it's going fast. And I've told this story, and Bridget one time was like. That's you know, a really good story you tell, but that's totally not what happened. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking hey, about? What do you she, mean? Goes, she goes, all that happened, but it was you saying those things to me, saying that, she goes, because I remember that helped convince me. You said to me that Charlie Six in, you know, two thirds or 12 years later, he's, he's a third done if he goes away. Right. And that made, that sort of helped her get over the hurdle. But I don't know where that got twisted. But I always told that story from the from the perspective of Bridget kind of talked me into it. And in reality, I'm like, shit, you're right. You know, like I kind of all you. She's like, no, we were sitting. She knows exactly where we were sitting in the house when we had that conversation. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know. I've told all these people now. Here, here, <laughs> it's here's too late the, now. Here, it's yeah. reality. Here's the real reality. Both of you guys 
are going to have a fourth because you're not ready for it. Because if you're talking about it, it was supposed to be done five no. years ago, God, no. five years ago, no, and it still hasn't that. happened, yeah, no, if it still that. hasn't happened, that's a reasoning no. that's hardwired into the subconscious mind that it's like, no, no, I still want one more. We're definitely not having four. We're definitely, we're definitely done. My friend also well, said that. Yo, covering it up doesn't <laughs> do anything. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll keep. Uh, I'll keep you updated. We'll know. Maybe we'll bring in video cameras for that. that that's a whole other episode. It's <laughs> half satellite. Yeah. <laughs> appointment. But sometimes, if you don't add those, if you don't add the salt and you don't add the pepper. It becomes a boring story, doesn't? Like, yeah, you know, my, my why people watch? Yeah, why people watch reality TV is because life isn't as exciting as what they edited it to yeah, be. Yeah, right. Scri- scripted. And then reality. your salt and pepper is like, this might be more exciting. <laughs> but it's just like a little tad. And what's weird is your human brain has such a little speckle of salt that it's it's yeah. there. Oh, yeah, I sprinkled that fairy dust. Yeah, like, that, that was, was there. Because I did. When she, when she said it, I was like, no. Like, no, you're getting wrong. Like, And she was like, no, you're wrong. And then I was like, took a second. Gosh. It's a certain level of law of attraction. You you believe it enough and you it, the energy brings it to you. If you say it enough, yeah. it becomes reality in your own brain. But you know what's so funny, though? Like, um, let's say if you're uh, doing a... I, I, I do this all the time. Let's say um, my friend's buying a house, and I'm like, usually my clients are pretty, pretty close. Like, they're, they're really good friends. So I just did this in that Coach Hill uh, place. Um, and everybody knows it's not true. You know I didn't use this type of language, but, you know, we, we strategize. We say, okay, listen, I wanna, we, I'll go back to that, uh, the other agent, and I'll tell them, um, that you are only you can only uh, you got approval up to this much, and if they come back with anything else, don't worry. I'm just gonna tell them to fuck off. Don't worry <laughs> about that. Okay, I got you. I got you. I'm gonna tell them to fuck the hell off. So, you know, you call the other agent and you're like, so, but you're 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 never gonna say that. You're like, oh, hey, yeah. So I'm sorry. They're only approved up to this much, and this is let's say this is the real conversation. I'm sorry, my clients are only approved up to you know five hundred thousand or whatever. Um, they, they they don't have any more room. They they just don't, and hopefully you know your sellers can can come uh, can come to that and agree to it, and let's get this deal done. Let's that's the real conversation that you would probably have, right? But then I always go back to my clients, and I'm like, and keep in mind they're friends. I'm like, oh yeah, man. I said, five hundred's your max, and if they're not gonna take it, they can fucking yeah. shove it. <laughs> and they know that that's true. Like, like. I'm not gonna actually say. It. I don't know if they believe it or not, but for real, like, who says that? Nobody says yeah. that. But then, for some reason, whenever I repeat back that story, <laughs> that's what I'm telling them. That's there's a reason to why. It's just <laughs> it just sounds so much better when you tell it, tell it in yeah. in, in in what you perceive in your mind that how that conversation should have gone. But it was nowhere close. It was nowhere close to even yeah. what that is. But. You know, I, I, th- I think a part of that is that people will just understand. It's like, no, he actually didn't say you, that. Maybe, or maybe they're like, fuck, man. 
Jimmy's hardcore. Yeah. You know, Maybe. Like, I, I, we know him. He's such a nice guy, but yeah. But I do that to burn all the time. No, no, but different <laughs> side, though. All of a sudden, I believe I worked for them because I told them, even while I was watching Netflix, when I called them back, I'm like, I did this for us. <laughs> So I, I've already convinced myself. It's like the telephone conversation. I already told him I'm doing this, so I feel like I've done that. But I actually, <laughs> I'm sure it happens all the time in all sorts. And that's just like that was just a real estate example. But even even retelling stories back to you guys, you know, and I'm telling you, oh yeah, like I had a conversation with so and so and. You you elaborate on a few things that sure yeah yeah that never that. Was I never probably everybody does that, yeah. You know, then I was like, "Fuck you!" No, and you know, I was when in yeah. reality it was probably like, "Oh man, I'm not real happy about that." But oh, hundred okay. percent. I've never, I've never told anybody to fuck off on the phone, actually. Oh well, I can't say that. Like, <laughs> enough know. salt and pepper. Your whole life isn't actually what you perceive it to be. Oh yeah, for because sure. Because every single person you speak with, then you have a little bit of salt and pepper in that sure. delivery, always. That yeah. means. But, and now that I'm like, now that we're talking on that and that Vietnamese uh, saying whatnot and the salt and pepper, like just like sitting here thinking about it, every single conversation has that salt and pepper then. Every, every whether, single one. Whether you're talking to any associate or even them asking you any advice that salt and pepper in the story because you have to give advice from experience not because you just read it somewhere like real advice comes from experience you have that salt and pepper then because well this one client and then there's a little tweak that makes it a little bit harder well and sometimes you you add those tweaks to get your message across. To get your message across or to relate it to better relate. to a scenario. Um, so. But that salt and pepper is the reason why the next person that has the same conversation with you and you have to give that, you've just changed it and it never happened. But if you salt and pepper enough, that story becomes completely different. It's become reality. That's when you write a book. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you start book. I've got a lot of salt and pepper and I want to write a book. <laughs> oh, man, we've talked about writing a book about this. Sometimes it gets too salty, though. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a pretty salty book. <laughs> <laughs> but did we ever tell you that we bought those offices, uh, Canmore and and, and uh, Cochrane and stuff, with zero money? Oh yeah. Yeah, like we actually never. You just physically paid just any money for it. Well, yeah, I mean they were struggling. We put yeah. in some. We put in a deal where. Um, you, the basically the cost was you bringing in management and structure. Yeah, and then we would have, and then we would have kept the associates on, and we wouldn't just, and we wouldn't charge them. That goes back to COVID didn't affect us. We didn't make any transition. We had the paperless scenario from day one, mm-hmm. where of course we had Lorraine and whatnot, but it became centralized. Yeah, and we didn't have to, and we understood it way quicker than where the industry was. Right. That you don't actually need a brick and mortar scenario. Yeah. And you can take over, like, not take over, but 
set to move your microphone. Well, that, that's uh, that's actually interesting and leads into maybe uh, uh, you know when you talk about perception and our current uh, environment out there, and you know we're what's today? It's the it's the eighth May eighth today. Yeah, and we're talking about potentially. Uh, Alberta government and the province of Alberta uh, starting to reopen slowly in as early as a week's time and I'm not sure where that fits in for businesses like ours who have been deemed essential but effectively operating um, on a remote basis um, how does that all tie into you know when's the right time to to open up from a perception standpoint, because public perception is is mass, it's huge right now, and and your reputation is on the line, and in, in you know a lot of instances, or in, in to a, to a large degree, I should say, based on public perception on how you're handling this, and then and then the balance of public perception with agent perception, and you know the reality of or the necessity of, of reopening it, it like I've been thinking about this a little while and it, it's kind of complicated what that approach is and how that how that looks and how it's perceived by the public versus the agents in our office you know what I um, what I do have to say is that I think that any office any brokerage brokerages out there that remained open uh, during this time I think was I think it was irresponsible <laughs> for any office that's that remained open during that time um, there's no reason why any office out there um, in this day and age uh, needed to be open well like, yeah they should have all have been equipped at a a minimum to a minimum standard that they could have minimum yeah. and if you weren't equipped to that minimum that's telling you something that's get, a serious problem get with the times because yeah. if you're continuing to issue you know some offices out there are still issuing hard checks to agents it's blowing my mind like why why would you wh why have you not just made those changes to make your life better to make your agents life, lives better but it also, but all of this says to me, it's like, why the hell were you open? You, you, any, anybody can do yeah, real estate from anywhere. What purpose was it serving? When you say irresponsible, are you referring to not operating a proper business? You're, no, I'm saying irresponsible as in like I think you're socially, uh, you're socially irresponsible. So yeah, uh, I mean you're, you're not you're you're putting the public at and risk. at that time the public and your your staff your front end staff at unnecessary risk. Right, I mean, how, everything would, is hosted. Would now. you like to call out some names? No, we no don't do that it's not do that. <laughs> but Everybody knows, anybody <laughs> in the industry knows what, who remained open and who didn't. And Should we give out addresses? <laughs> you can, yeah, you can have your opinion on it. You can have your opinion on it, but you know, I mean. I, I, didn't everyone I remain open? A lot, I, a lot did. A lot did. Like, am I wrong on that? All of a sudden, you use this excuse of like real estate, and this is, and this was the upsetting thing. Like, when remember when Rika sent out that note, 
and they said, you know, they mm-hmm. encourage brokerages to be open and whatever. I shot them a, an email and I said, listen, your advice is irresponsible, socially irresponsible yeah. to uh, to the industry because what you're what you mean to say is that you're meaning to say that the associates business, the business of showing houses, uh, writing contracts, negotiating contracts, mm-hmm. um, service closings, uh, closings and deposits, and those are those are essential because. People still need to move. They need to buy houses. They need to to do all those things. So that's essential. The business of a brokerage is essential in supporting all of that. But you mm-hmm. can't, you cannot encourage. And these and the words they use was they encourage brokerages to it remain open. It was a confusing open. message for sure. And uh, I don't know if you saw that email, but uh, it was uh, it was pretty strongly worded from. I write strongly worded emails. Yes. Write all real yeah. passionate no, things. Sexy as fuck. Oh yeah, I was For like, sure. hell yeah. But you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things. It's uh, I don't know. I just question myself. Why? Why? Why were you open? You shouldn't have been open. And if you were open because your processes required you to be open, mm. then I think it's time for you to look at your. Yeah, and, and if you have any question or doubt whether or not that would have created negative negative uh, public. Uh, perception and backlash just look at how the response to to that final week before we actually shut down open houses on social media agents that were doing open houses were just getting roasted and it was unfair because it was at a time where we were still trying to figure figure everything out and you have a push from clients from your seller clients Mm -hmm. to you know, you, I'm, I'm paying you to sell my house. So do open houses. So do open houses. And it wasn't, it was at that time, it was right around the same time where brokerages were deciding to shut down. But then after that, after all that backlash and an area came out and said, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna put a stop to open houses till further notice. Mm-hmm. I think that was a relief to a lot of agents because it kind of, it, it drew a line for them. And that line was also, in my mind, drawn for brokerages. Like, okay, like it's it's time to it's time to shut down, so we're not putting our front front end staff and and the public at unnecessary additional risk. Mm-hmm. And brokerages just stayed open after that. It was yeah, crazy. it was it was crazy to me. Mm. So, mean, yeah, what's up? Just bringing what what's the plan now? For what for us? For, you know, are we... I've always said... May 14th. I think we we got to play that by year, and I think that it's important for us to... um, Either saying May 14th, they're going to open up pubs and and restaurants and stuff at half capacity and social distancing. Um, I don't think we can actually social distance in any real estate office out there. I think the way that it's set up is too too crammed. I think that... um, this office, even this office here, we have almost 8,000 square feet here. And we got a lot of hallways. So. There's a lot of hallways. There's a lot of doors. There's a lot of, you know, even your even the bathroom, right? Like, you can't social distance in there. And how are you mm-hmm. going to actually... A galley-style you know, kitchen. Especially yeah. not with me. And, like... <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Dipping the tip? Yeah. <laughs> this water's cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I... I don't know. Actually, I don't have an answer for that yet. But I know that we can't. And and you know, to time that up with our move, like we're we're going to be moving in the beginning of July. 
uh, we're gonna have to start moving a lot of this stuff here actually we might be starting to move some of that stuff down to the storage over at sure. the other place earlier but um, but that perception is what worries me right now it's like if we are slowly opening up um, uh, we should ha like a part of me says you know we should have somebody here we should have the doors open because uh, and even if it's only a part of this office, meaning it's just the reception area mm -hmm. or whatever, just, just so that we have that. Um, and then the other part of me is saying, we actually don't need to be, we've been operating just fine without it, without the office being open and we continue to do what plus we we're, do. Plus we're headed into a move. So and plus we're yeah. headed into a move, so all of this is lining up very well. Yeah. Um, I, can't I haven't quite gotten my head around that yet because I am still again going back to perception I'm still if if perception was not uh, a part of this equation the answer is simple we just leave it closed everybody continue yeah. to work remotely you layer on this perception uh, idea then that completely changes for me well because we're we're also we're factoring and calculating various perceptions so not only right. public perception but agent our perception agent perspective, our agents. Uh, per perceptions and and the industry perception mm -hmm. um, so it's it's it is complex and there also comes to a point where you always have to do what's best for yourself first love yourself first and that's because that's the only way you can love others. Selfish to be self, selfless to be selfish. Yeah, but I don't. Oh, know. selfish to be what selfless. What does that have to do with opening the, the door? <laughs> no, yeah. that's because you're talking about perception, and we actually don't need to open up the doors. We're working. Everything's operating comfortably, and we actually have a move in the so midst maybe of not, it. Maybe not. So all of a sudden, if you open up for like twenty-five days. And then you basically need everyone to move aside, so because this is like based on like our business. See, so it's not perception is like a whole. And I think that's that, fine. I think the know. managing, I think managing that message and managing that that workflow for our offices is is easy. I think that's, I think I think with the with the group that we have, I think everybody would understand. I think everybody would make it work because of what's going on. Of we need to move you know what yes they're slowly opening but you know it doesn't quite make sense for us to open up fully let's say mm. the 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 challenge for me is that we're in the midst of recruiting associates right now we're in the midst of offering a, a plan that's like no other out there and right. we need and we're out there pushing social media fairly hard and we got to get this message out uh, that's the perception that that becomes a little bit and you know what e even clients I'm not too concerned about perception of clients either because that goes to our agents and of course they come by and they, they drop the deposit that's not really all they're here for they drop the deposit off in the mailbox and away they go so that's not the number that's that's there but it's not like the number mm -hmm. one the experience of somebody coming in seeing somebody handing off a check would be great, but most of the checks that actually come to our office are dropped off by other associates. Yeah, that's right. And it's the perception of the other associates that I, that is probably the most um, prevalent in my mind as how do we manage that? Because one, they already have an alliance to the brokerage that they're with. And mm -hmm. 
And so when you give them an opportunity to say, why aren't those guys open yet? For the same reasons why I'm criticized, why I've criticized the other offices for not closing when they should have, it's going to be the reverse at that point. Uh, and I'm concerned that's yeah, saying about it. you can open. Why it's aren't contradicting, you? Contradicting. I, I guess it depends how quickly things open back up, and I still think there's there's a number of businesses. Um, you know, we look at next week or the after the end of next week. And they're opening up, opening up uh, um, daycares, for example. Yeah. Like, we're not ready to send our kid back to a daycare. Mm -hmm. We're not ready to send her back. But Jimmy made a great point last time when we talked about it. Uh, well, how are people supposed to go back to work if they don't open the daycare? Oh, yeah, totally. And that's why they're doing it. But, you know, but we're spreading in a situation corona. currently that, unfortunately, that uh, my wife will be at home still, you know, because all this stuff had yeah. an effect on her employment. So until she's back, it doesn't make sense to, to send her back. But even if we had to, I don't feel good about that. So I'm not exactly sure what that perception will be. Um, we're making an assumption that that other agents are gonna be, why aren't they opening? But th there might be a lot of agents that are like, and these guys are smart not opening. They're, like, they're taking extra precaution. Maybe it comes across as they're looking out more for their agents' safety and the public safety than, than others that remained open and, and those that, that maybe there's a perceived feeling that they rushed to open back up. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's complex. It's, I'm not, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't sure know gonna, I don't know if we're going to have an answer for that soon. I, I think the only thing we can do is, is to take it day by day and actually see yeah. where, where Look this at is the going. Big picture of what makes the most sense. But May fourteenth, I don't think that we should open up anyways. I think we need to assess it with what even happens over like ten days. Yeah. Just to. I, I think it's a. I think it was good to be a, among the first to to shut it down because we were well equipped to do so. But I don't. I don't feel that way about opening up. I'm basing this on leading the way. So I don't think we should be rushing to open yeah. that back up for sure. Yeah. I think we should really see how that landscape see how comes out. But to go to the one point that you were talking about is that the some uh, what if other people are saying that you know what that's we commend you for continuing to stay stay closed. In my mind, I've always thought that it's always so there's so many haters out there that they're quick to jump to a yeah uh, hater mentality, right? But every single time, but but to see the to see the positive side of things, that requires uh, an explanation. Always, it always requires a, def a, a defense from whoever that that that's um, doing whatever that they're doing. To they need to defend their position. So, like in this situation, like I I I feel that then we would have to put out a message out there that says, even though that. Alberta is opening back up. We're, we've chosen to remain uh, to work to remain working remotely for the safety of everybody. Mm -hmm. And and you know, ha I always feel then you always have to have an explanation behind sure. that. Yeah, I mean, because nobody is going to give you the benefit is of that. Directed by messaging, right? And and action too. The other thing that that could potentially allow us to to stay closed until potentially after the move is because we are so well equipped and, and we're so ready to, to transition 
seamlessly into working remotely. That there isn't there isn't a real from a brokerage standpoint there there was there there shouldn't be a real reason uh, to to open the doors again because we're not our operations aren't suffering right it, now. It's nothing. It would the decision would have nothing to do with operations. It That's would have right. it would have nothing to do with. Like uh, if you if you still have like paper checks, oh well, yeah, <laughs> then th that's why you should open up. Yeah, but over here we that's why again, that's why been, they probably remained open though. Exactly. So like we we've been equipped, and no one's business has been affected. Who's doing paper checks? Anybody wants? <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, this is office in Altador. But you know, I mean, I. I, I think we just got to play it day, day day by day and see how that goes. I get it. I think I think that for the situation that we're in, because we're moving, because we're taking down, we, we need to um, take down a lot of the things that are in our current office. We're going to be blocking things off anyway. You can't social distance properly because the social distancing is still going to be in effect. Yeah. And so we can't do that properly in, a, in any real estate office for that matter, other than if you have to set up the front, um, the front of the, st uh, the reception area. Um, so all of that goes to say, yeah, we should remain closed. But that one thing about perception. Do you feel uh, you want to open up the front? I don't know. I actually don't know. Uh, I don't have. I don't. I, have I think a, it's going to be a reactionary decision based I think on it is. how the rollout opening up goes. Right. I mean. That makes to me that makes sense like it's we're guessing right now yeah. we're guessing what that perception will be and and how that'll go i think we have to react based on how how everybody's responding i'm not saying that yes we have to because of perception i'm not saying that um no we shouldn't we shouldn't yeah i i actually don't have an answer for that yeah. right now because i don't know like we don't know what's coming down we don't know you know, and that's why I said based on operations wise, based on all that, take perception out of the picture. The answer is easily yes. Yeah. Continue to of keep course. it closed until we move. It's safer for everybody. It makes it makes things a lot smoother. Logistically, it's, it logistically yeah. is just totally fine. Um, it, it works better for us to move and keep everybody safe. But um, but how much of our world is driven by perception, and and that's what that's the only thing that's being layered onto this. This decision. So you're gonna have you're you're basically gonna have a down the line split. Uh, yeah. There's the haters and the lovers. Of course, we've talked about this. Um, Seems like there's like, a lot of ha you more haters than lovers out there, though. One hundred percent. But or the haters are just more vocal. Yeah. Possibly yes. That's true. But the thing is, uh, half of them are gonna say, "Can't believe they're fucking opening up." The same thing that we said about why didn't we? They closed down. And then all of a sudden, the other half are like, "Finally, yeah. they're opening up. They should always have been open." It just, um, it just goes both ways, and yeah. it has to then come down the line, the pipeline of what makes what's sense the for us. Yeah, what's yeah, and because you got to love yourself first again, and it's not, and w and we're pretty on point with. I think that's the answer unless ourselves. it's there's a clear response that says one way or the other. So but you're the, probably right. It's probably going to be in the office. pretty 50-50, but 
and then we do what works best for us. But there also could be a scenario where it's clear we need to open up because everybody's opening up, or it's clear that that was rushed and a mistake. And this and might be closed. this might be personal opinion perception. Seventy percent of the expected businesses that are supposed to open up are not going to open up yeah. because the, the, the whole social distancing yeah. and whatnot. They're not like simply head candy, like. Yeah, yeah, like, I got nope, that. We're not. That's, we're that's not a little. Doing di- I feel like that's a little different, though. They're essentials, though. Well, I no, like, they're, they're non-essential. They're, non-essential. They're, they're a lot. They're in that first wave to open up. They're like, essentials to a point like you need to cater to your well-being, and yeah. when you decide not to, then the whole Renfrews aren't opening up, the makeup shops aren't opening up, like everything like down but the line the thing retail is, on on. Cosmetic hair, uh, like um, cosmetics, you know, like hairdressers and all. You, you're you're in close proximity. There's no way that you can distance yourself from from. And, and no, doing that's that. why they they were mm-hmm. opted into not opening up. And I get that, and I think a lot of people would get that. But if you have the opportunity to actually provide that social distancing, and mm-hmm. you're not opening up, what's that perce- What does that perception so look like? So we have not actually closed down or limited anyone access to what Providing we provide right so every like as that, you see yeah an that, example, that makes our operation a little bit unique everything is still functioning completely as if we're open the no, only I get that. only difference is we have a mailbox instead of a front-end gal no, for sure. Right. So I, perception, I mean, it like goes back down to like anyone that understands, and if they even if they don't understand, when you go down the logic path, it's where. Because yeah, like you mentioned, head candy, and I'm sure that I'm sure the response on that notice that came out a day or two ago that they're going to remain closed is probably pretty split. Is probably there's probably some some of the gals are like what the like, like how am I get like I gotta get and back get to work. work and then some maybe some are like thank God like thank you oh I was talking on the part there's some shallow gals that are like I need to get my fucking hair done oh yeah well that too and that was a different response of like are you fucking kidding me yeah you see my roots <laughs> I was one of those girls <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you took care of yours. Did I? No, I just grew out. Uh, yeah, no, the cut, the self-cut, the not the roots, but the oh, oh, not yeah. yeah. But now it's growing out, so it's it looks you know. Like but a good when thing. this is all when when they're opening this back up, I still I ordered a hair clipper to cut my hair, and um, I haven't used it yet. So well, good choice because it doesn't work. Of course, it works. But <laughs> that's because you try to do it yourself. You need you need somebody to do it for you. But now I feel that I'm not going to go back to get my haircut anytime soon because one, there's still, you're getting too close uh, because you can't social distance. And two, I just bought a very expensive clipper. I just invested money in this. And so I need to get my money back out. Yeah. So I need to cut as many, as many times (laughs) to break even on that sucker. Then I'm going to feel comfortable with it. I'm just going to grow my hair out like a samurai. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. And then by then you might be so good at it. You that I might be... not go back. 
but I doubt it. I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's it's really tough to actually do. How it can you not go back to? It's not that hard to cut Asian, my hair. To an Asian barber in the basement. It's not in the basement. I'm just joking. <laughs> Proper place. <laughs> I used to go to Asian barber in the basement, in Fonda. And I couldn't sit still in one time because I used to get like anxiety attacks. I still do from time to time where you get this pit of the stomach, like this feeling that you couldn't sit still and you can't. And so I fidget a lot. One time she snipped my ear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it was an accident. She was, she was pissed. Good thing it was a barber or a salon, whatever. And yeah. it wasn't something else. <laughs> was like at the, in the basement of an Asian's house. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> All right, guys. I think we got to wrap this up. <laughs> like, I don't want nothing else sniffed. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up. I think. I don't know. That was a good conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. Perception we'll, ties into everything. We'll everything. have to. Yeah, everything. And I think um, it would be a. Wouldn't it be a better place if we just did not care about like a better world if we just didn't care about perception at all, and people just do whatever the hell they want to do. Is and that, I think is that also the key to happiness. I was just going to say, I think that's the key to happiness. Sorry, man. I stole that right out of you. No, but, that's, out, uh, but that was perfect. Like, it's like we're connected. Fucking stole this thunder. Hey. It's like we're connected. Oh, look, I know what's key to happiness. He's like, son I'm like, that's the meaning of my name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it is. Is it? No. Actually. crowbar. Huh? What? What's the meaning of whose name? Your name? Farhan? Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about my name. Your, your name means crowbar? Or Jimmy. Oh, yeah, I guess. Jimmy means crowbar? Jimmy that lock. Jimmy that lock. That's a Jimmy. This is another university this joke. Is what happens, this is what happens when you get to name yourself. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that story? No, no, no. I, so okay, we'll end on that. Great. Uh, oh, great. Another story. <laughs> Watch me add the salt and pepper to this yeah, yeah. movie right here. That's everybody listening is going to be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so sure, your name's Jimmy. <laughs> arrived here in Canada when I was four. And so you get your citizenship after three years later. But when I started to get my citizenship, it was the same time when I was playing Double Dragon. You ever played Double Dragon? Oh, yeah. The brothers in there was named Jimmy, Jimmy and, and Billy. Jo- what happened to Johnny? Well, that's a story. Billy J. So, we gonna, so, when, so when he got his, so when uh, I went to go get my, um, my uh, citizenship, it was a time to legally change your name. It didn't. It, you just fill out on the form. This is what your name. Want, you, this is what you want your legal name to be, and then it's done. That's a dis- And you were how old at that time? Uh, I was in grade three, so okay. seven. And what kind of did you have to? Did you have to get the okay from your parents, like, or you could have just? Oh yeah, we were talking, and we were like, okay. hey, yeah. So you know, maybe you should take an English name. And uh, they're like, we like Larry. <laughs> and <laughs> Larry. <laughs> And before that, so before grade three, I was in, uh, I, I was known as Wego, W-E-G-O. I don't think you guys actually even know this. What's that? Yeah, I didn't know that. My, so my name from the time I got here to grade two before I got my citizenship was Wego. That would have been way more fucking gangster. And the reason why. Wego? Yeah. That would have been way more G. But the reason why that I got that name was because my. We go deep. We go, Yeah. We go deep. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, so it was because um, my parents, like my brother and my dad, left Vietnam as a refugees two years before us. So I kept on saying we go, we like we go, like we oh. go, 
we go, you know. Oh, it was and like so, a fob mentality. So, yeah, so that stuck. And so when oh, I got here and we were going to... Like Game of Thrones, hold on. Yeah, so when we go to... When I went to elementary school, they asked me what my name was. That was my name, we go. And then in uh, grade three, when I got my uh, citizenship, it was time to legally change my name. And I was playing Double Dragon. That was the game. That was the go-to game. Uh, yeah. And so I was always Jimmy. I'm like, I want to be Jimmy. And that's how I got my name. And I, my brother was going to take Billy... He already got his citizenship at that time, but then he he was gonna do it. But then my parents were like, "Nah, that sounds like too many bills. <laughs> You're gonna get too many bills. You're gonna be paying bills for the rest of your life." <laughs> Straight Asian shit. So then he he found Johnny somewhere. Or John, and that's where he got that. He's like, "What about Big Johns? How about that?" <laughs> <laughs> that's how I ended up with my name. But looking back, maybe I should have stuck with Wego. Wego. Amazing. Goes, yeah. I knew the Wigo story Wigo. of Double Dragon and Jimmy, but I never, never actually like ten years ago we go. But now I'm like, what? It's buried in the archives. You should have. You should have kept Wego. And then while he's telling the story, I'm like, we go deep. We go. De- we go deep. And I'm like, oh shit, we're talking. <laughs> well, imagine that. Imagine my name, We Go Deep. That would have been serious. Yo, I would have been ridiculed throughout school. That would have been no a gang what. sign right now. But then I would have been, <laughs> I, I, I would have been a gang leader at that point. Nobody would have been picking on me. You yeah. are. Two creeps in the deep. You're, you're, you're the gang leader. <laughs> <laughs> the creep. Deep Jimmy, creep. yeah. I'm not afraid of Jimmy, but that fucking legal guy. That guy's serious. He goes deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. That was a good discussion. Okay. Um, Peace out. Done? Yeah, we're good. It was another good session, guys.